I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, February 3, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We actually have a lot of stuff on the docket today. We're going to talk about the dead cap bounce in the market. We're going to re-talk about Friday's thrashing. We're going to add some levels of significance to that and what happens going forward. We're going to look to see what the bogey is for the upside. Where do the bulls get bullish again? Again, what is the cap on the market? What do the bulls have to bust through to make something happen on the upside? We're also going to take a look at some of the intraday activity because there's lessons to be learned from some of the other charts that most people just don't ever look at. However, first, rather than a short hop, I'm going to throw you something just a little bit better right out of the chute. How about the leadoff man bunts for a base hit? Here's a snapshot of Apple from today. Let's just get a sense for where we are. So Apple closed at 309.39 on Friday. This morning, it was getting a little bit of a haircut, but the writing was on the wall. Apple was headed for a destination. What was that destination? In my opinion, this trader's opinion, it was 302.40. What was low of day? 302.40. 22. Inside the numbers, stocks on the move. Apple is the first selection. It was on the board. It was a late addition, but long before the opening bell. Entry number one, 302.40. Can't help the pun. How do you like them apples? Now, here's the best part. Apple proceeds to go on a rocket ride by 1045 in the morning. It's at a high of 313 and a quarter. We had a lot of participation from inside the numbers members. I have the emails to prove the case. Let's get back to business. And by the way, there were other stocks on the move listed this morning. Apple happened to be the only one that hit its target. Had another one or so that came very close, took off to the upside. But we only are interested in the trades at our prices, not somebody else's price. We have confidence in our prices. All right, back to the SPY. What do we have? We had a thrashing on Friday, and Friday came into, or just short of, we talked about it in the weekend video, the 50-period moving average. Okay, so now we're having a dead cat bounce. We're basically right in the middle of where Friday's middle of the day was, meaning they retraced about half the move from Friday. But that's not really what's most important. What's important is, what can we see on the chart? What jumps off the page at me? What can I convey to you as important? Friday's high is a breakdown candle high. You can see today they made an attempt to get to that high. They didn't quite get there. Will they make another attempt? We know what markets like to do. Markets like to go back and test former breakdown and former breakout areas. They also like to test break up candle lows, and break down candle highs. So here's what we do know. We're obviously in the middle of a range. The range is Friday's high, Friday's low. It's a wide range, but it is a range that the chart provides us. We have to use it. 
we have no choice. Above Friday's high, the bulls come out, the shorts will run for cover. We're just doing a 30,000 foot view. You have to make those decisions in real time. Inside the numbers members will get the real time analysis if in fact the market is trading up in that area. We'll get the read on the intraday charts at the time. The other side of that is Friday's low. You start getting below and closing hourly below Friday's low, Good night, Irene. Also, another thing to reiterate from the weekend video, which is, let's not lose sight of the fact that we are into a former breakout area. Where is that? It's right in this zone here. It's debatable where you want to draw the line. What was the breakout area? Where did the market break out when it went this way? And what did it come down to? You can make a case it came down here, and then you can make another case it came down there to the 50-period moving average doesn't matter it's the concept of what happened what happened was it's indisputable that this general zone was a breakout area the market came back down doesn't mean it's going to be supportive for a long time and it doesn't mean it won't it's just the concept of how we unpack the market one step at a time we draw the conclusion by the amount of puzzle pieces that go on the table and what the picture begins to look like. A little bit of a short hop. Google reported earnings after the bell went all the way up to about 15 and a quarter. You see where it's trading as I make this video down at about 14 and a quarter, 1420. That's a wild swing. It's a rodeo. It's a big expensive stock. These are not huge percentage swings. They're just swings big in numbers. But Google certainly is important to the overall market. It's one of the big tech stocks. Back to business. Let's see what else we have. Let's pick apart the SPY. Let's go down to some other charts and see what we have. There's always something happening on one or another chart. Our job is to find that thing that's happening on what we'll call the active chart. What do we see on the 240-minute chart? Well, interestingly enough, you can see in this candle here, the market went all the way up to the 50-period 240-chart moving average and was basically rejected. So on this particular chart, at that particular time, that area was resistance. This is a breakdown candle, and the market is doing none other than making a bearish wedgish pattern inside that last breakdown candle, period, full stop. What do we have on the 120-minute chart? We have basically the same thing we just saw, only slightly different. We had the 20-period and the 100-period moving average as the market went up toward the breakdown candle high, that high. Now, it never got there, and one could say that the market was stopped short by the 120-period, 120-moving average. That moving average was important to this chart at that time. Here's one we don't look at often, the 180-minute chart. Why is this one important? Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader might have a hint as to why this one is important. It's important because time is more important than price. This one, the 20-period moving average short of the breakdown candle high, was the arbiter and the rejection point. I hope you can start to see a theme by looking at these charts. 
the moving averages are above price. When the moving averages are above price, the trend is down. When the trend is down, for all intents and purposes, it's a sell the rip market rather than a buy the dip market until the point in which at least the short term trend turns back up. Now here's the hourly chart. This one is interesting. I watch this all day and I want to point something interesting out. It's more of a lesson rather than a what you should have or could have or didn't do today. It's not about that. So let's just recap what happened from the get-go today. The market gaps up. We had essentially a gap and go or we had the makings of a gap and go until we had a failure. But it's not always a failure. Sometimes it's just a mid-morning pivot consolidation only to be followed by an ensuing move higher. Now, we don't know that that's going to happen until the market starts drawing the picture that that's going to happen. Now, here's what I'm looking at. The market gaps up. And for the first hour, it basically powers forward, creating a really, really large breakup candle. Okay, fair enough. Now, inside the numbers members start talking about, we start talking about a mid-morning pivot and what happens beyond the mid-morning pivot. Why not? We'll take a detour. You can read the notes from both a pre-market perspective all the way up through. What I'm going to do is essentially scroll up to finish the pre-market notes you can pause the video, read them at your leisure, and then we're going to scroll forward and we're going to see what happened throughout the trading day. We discussed the mid-morning pivot. We discussed the breakup candle. We discussed the first hour of trading. We discuss everything. What you have is essentially a tour guide of the market all day long, depending on what's happening, how fast or slow it's happening. If nothing's happening, there's nothing to discuss. If something happens, there is stuff to discuss. But I do urge you, if you are active from an intraday perspective in the market, or you have the time to take that morning trade, if you will, from stocks on the move, then I urge you to read through, see what's going on here, see if it's applicable or applicable to you. We know our numbers we have a handle on the market. We use the 80-20 rule on a consistent basis. 80% of the time, we have a pretty good handle on exactly what's going on in the market. Actually, it's probably a little bit better than 80% of the time. And there's the round out of the inside the numbers daily commentary. And so we get back to the hourly SPY chart. So you can see what's going on here. After the market puts in that proverbial mid-morning pivot, it begins to pull back. We don't know at the time whether the pullback is a consolidation, bearish, flaggish, wedgish type of consolidation for another push higher, or will it be an outright failure? So the only thing that we had in our corner was low of day. If we breach the low of the day, pretty good chance they're going to go fill the gap, whether it's same day or the following day. And the gap I'm referring to is the gap down below the gap down below is 321.75. If, in fact, they stay above the opening range low, the opening range low is generally, traders will generally consider the opening range low the first 30 minutes of the session. In this case, it's the same opening range low. The low is right here where the market basically opened and took off to the upside. The low was 323.22. So as long as the market was above that price, the bulls had the ball. That's just the way it was. 
So I think that's a pretty decent synopsis of the SPY and also throwing in a lesson or two. Let's move on to another market. We'll take a look at Tesla. You can hardly call this another market. It's basically in outer space. No wonder why SpaceX also gets some fanfare. So what's the story? A, what's the first thing that jumps off the chart when I bring up this page? The ridiculous, the redonkulous. You start looking for reasons why this thing has to come down, but it never does. I get more emails about where to short Tesla than any other stock on the board. Now here's food for thought. I've been getting them for hundreds of dollars. Where's Tesla going is the $64,000 question. Well, let's look at what we have. A, it's redonkulous. We know that, but that doesn't mean it can't keep going higher. Look at Amazon. It's $2,000. So what jumps off the page? What jumps off the page is the potential for an exhaustion move. Now, today's candle could be an exhaustion move. Why? Look at the volume. The average 90-day volume is 14.5 million shares. Today, Tesla trades... 46, almost 47 million shares. That's big volume. In order to complete the assessment, we have to look at other charts. Weekly chart, more redonkulous. Look how far it is from home base. 396.55 is the weekly chart home base. 679 was the daily chart home base. We're at 780. The monthly chart looks even worse. It looks fantastic if you own Tesla. It looks worse from a, is this sustainable standpoint? No, it's not. The problem is, how high can it go? Can it go to $850? Can it go to $1,000? The answer is, it can go anywhere until the market tells us it's over. How do we know when it's over? Tesla will put in a sign and signal of a trend change, and it will give something for traders to trade against. These exhaustion moves or blow-off tops, as they're also called, they don't all have to take place in one day. You can see three, two, four days like this in Tesla with heavy volume up, up, up and away, and they can hit a number you never thought they would get to. We don't know whether that will or won't happen. What I'm doing is giving you the what to look for. You look for a sign and a signal of trend change, those are things that are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. They're rather easily identifiable. The IWM. I know part of the video over the weekend got cut out, so I believe the IWM number was never given. There it is for your viewing pleasure. That's the number that I was planning on if the market was going to drop further today, tomorrow. That would have been an area of interest. However, remember what I said. It had to get there sooner than later. So therefore, I'm watching that number. It's not off the table by any means. If the market or IWM came into that number within the next day or so, I'm certainly interested in that number, 158, give or take something on either side. What else do we have in the IWM? We have the same story that we just discussed in the SPY. We're not going to rehash the whole thing. You have Friday's high as a bogey. You're below moving averages, the 50 and the 20. It's a market that has been leading to the downside. We talk about this all the time. It's my favorite market leading indicator. You know all that stuff. But what else was Friday? I'm not sure whether this got cut out in the other video or not, 
but let's rehash what we did discuss, what hopefully you heard. What was Friday as it relates to the last high or the last pivot high of importance that IWM had? And the answer is, it was on time. Time is more important than price. And to the wise guys that disagree with that under the videos on YouTube, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, I just don't know what I don't know. If you want to play rookie ball, that's up to you. If you want to learn something, understand that time is more important than price. How about the VIX? What do we have going on in the VIX? We had a hell of a spike on Friday. I don't believe we talked about this in the last video. Went up to 20 bucks and pulled back. The VIX is wild. It is a rodeo. But look what happened just in the last couple of weeks. We go from under all the moving averages to a downtrend around 12 bucks to above all the moving averages in an uptrend near the former pivot highs. Not all-time highs or anything like that. Just talking about pivot highs here, here, here. These are all important. This was important. You spiked it, sold back off. Where are they going next? To the next set of pivot highs. That's just the way the market works. Look at the weekly chart in the VIX. All of a sudden, just like that, it's above all the weekly chart moving averages. This is a puzzle piece. It's been on the table. What's going on down in the transportation department? Well, there's a couple of interesting things. Today, like the other markets, was a similar day in terms of an inside day. That's what we call it. We had an inside day inside of Friday's high and low is an inside candle to Friday. As we know, the transport's my second favorite market leading indicator, but my number one favorite canary in the coal mine. The transports didn't finish so hot today. They really treaded water and traded lower into the end of the day. That's ominous. The transports are struggling. Now, just like the IWM, the transports were on time on Friday, so it's no wonder we got a rally today, but they couldn't hold the rally. Now, look where we are as it relates to the other markets we just talked about. Look at the moving averages. We're below the 150 and 20 period moving average, teetering on the 200 and the transports. Think about it. Canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator. And oh, by the way, it's no coincidence that one of the biggest sectors to be impacted by the whole coronavirus scare deal is transportation. There's a whole lot more across the board, but transportation, oh yeah. The reasons, the excuses, we don't really give a hoot. We're looking at the charts. Here comes the umpire. QQQ, still above all the moving averages, had a pretty good day, almost got to the breakdown candle high. But what's happening after hours? The Qs are down from the close, being dragged down by Google. But we still have to note the fact, and it's a puzzle piece, that it's the strongest market of the bunch. Is it trying to tell us anything? Maybe so. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's above all the moving averages. Technically speaking, while it's riding the 20-period moving average and above, there's technically nothing wrong with the Qs. How about the financials? What's going on over here? Same deal, similar to all the other markets. Today, in the XLF, they went up and they hit the 50-period moving average, was rejected, and finished pretty much near the lows. Look at this. The breakup candle, and this is the same one across the board that we were talking about before in the SPY, but here's the one from the XLF. The low is $30.15. Look where the close is today. 
$30.16. You can see it here on the side. $30.16. Is that an accident or a coincidence? And the answer is, no, it's not. So under normal garden variety market conditions using the 80-20 rule, if we found the XLF below $30.15 on hourly closes, what's the likely scenario? The likely scenario is that until and unless they had a recapture of that price and started going in the northern direction, certainly closing at least one hour back above, then they would be headed for the gap. This gap right here, 29.97. And that is plus shipping and handling. Getting another viewpoint, here's a 240 chart of the XLF, and I just want to point out that 50, 120 period moving averages, below that, essentially making a bearish consolidation, flaggish type of pattern above the 200 period moving average. The longer this goes on, the less significant that 200 period moving average will become. Remember what we always discuss about the financials. Without the financials on the upside, the market's not going to get very far. If the financials are melting down, if the financials are weak, if the financials are signaling something in the southern direction, the market is likely to follow. How about the SMH? Anything different here? Not really. It's an inside day. Same as all the other markets. Same routine that we discussed the whole time. There's really no new information on good old Smash Mouth. Wasn't leading one way or the other. Wasn't lagging. Just kind of was. So we'll leave it be. And guess what? That's a perfect opportunity to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible so for that, I'm grateful. I love doing these. So I'm going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.